Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. Join your host, Sam Newell, as he educates you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Hear interviews with the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they've learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become Sam's goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. All right, Michael Young, thank you so much for being on the podcast. How's it going? Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, hey, I'm really excited for this episode. We're going to talk about our challenges and our exciting success of 2020, getting through COVID and taking down just over $35 million worth of property together. Lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so th the first thing I want to start with is we didn't just decide to buy $36 million with a property and go do it. You and I have been looking at hundreds of properties virtually on spreadsheets and in person since January, 2019. Right. It's really when we started. Yeah. So for people that are listening to this podcast, the reason we were so, so, so excited about the El Paso the Dallas and the Cleveland deal is we had already looked at hundreds of deals. We had written offers. We were under contract and other properties that we backed out of because things didn't work out. You know, you flew to Birmingham. I was in Cincinnati, all over Ohio and Texas and Utah and Idaho. And so we spent a huge amount of time sifting through these deals to find the right deals, to find these legacy type properties. And, and that's really what you wanted for your own estate, for your investment. You wanted something that we could keep long-term, not just flip in a couple of years. Correct. That's, and that's, that's exactly what you, And that's what you've always had. You've always had properties that are really, really conservative, good cash flowing properties. Yes. Great. All right. So now that we've established that we literally worked ourselves to death finding the right <laughs> properties, it's <laughs> literally an understatement. Tien, Linden, Jason, I mean, all of our partners, we literally looked at hundreds of properties, underwrote them, you know, were frustrated. And, and I don't know about you, but I was extremely fr frustrated. And at times I got pretty down, you know, thinking that we may not find an amazing property to buy. And then all of a sudden we found three at the same time. So don't forget Arkansas. Arkansas. We thought we found a fantastic property and we put it under contract, put earnest money down. We get out there. They're hiding stuff from us. They're not telling us about all these AC issues, about the boiler issues, about foundation issues. And, you know, we had to back out of that after we had it under contract. Luckily, we got our earnest money back, but not the attorney's money. And we still spent money on flights and attorneys and huge amount of time. So, yeah, crazy. But 2020 ended through COVID. I mean, ended really, really well. And actually, I think COVID kind of made us look good. So coronavirus came they hit properties some syndicators and operators really got in trouble really got nervous couldn't distribute cash weren't weren't cash flowing were negative you know in the red and we were happy to say that our properties did fantastic and our underwriting principles are now tried and tested and true and you know if we can make it through covid i think we can make it through just about anything yeah and and, and now it's nice the properties um even right in the midst still, still of COVID, 
the Texas properties are at 94, 95%. The Cleveland properties at 98 to 100%. I think we're having a couple of vacancies coming up, which we're actually excited about because we can now test the market and see yeah. if we can raise without uh, without having to do much, which I don't know if we will or won't. But these are these are just, as you said, legacy long-term properties. These are not flip properties. These are not for the uh, faint of heart. These are these are communities, you know, unto themselves, in, in phenomenal in phenomenal locations. Absolutely, and that's what we wanted, and that's why, honestly, why it took so long for us to find what we wanted, because we're not looking for something that's going to be risky. That we're going to be sweating bullets, and and you know what I tell everyone is. I want to be able to sleep at night. I want to own a really good asset that I know is in a good location. You know, Cleveland, our property is close to the Cleveland Clinic. Dallas, we have an amazing location, El Paso. Collections have been great, you know, even through COVID. And, and so I want to be able to, A, tell our investors and partners that we're good, you know, that that even through tough times, we're, we're going to be fine on cash flow. And And number two is I just want to be able to sleep at night and have cash flow for a long time and not worry about it. So Let's talk really quickly about why cash flow is so important because there's so many people buying deals right now where they say, oh, well, rent's going to appreciate, you know, it's okay if it doesn't really cash flow right now, you know, maybe we'll, we'll just sell it in a few years, but if the market goes down and you're not cash flowing, you can get stuck. So tell me a little bit why you refuse to buy anything with us and we refuse the same thing. We wouldn't buy anything that wasn't cash flowing very well. Well, anything other than what we're talking about is, is, is speculation and gambling. And the great thing about these properties is that even, even if we didn't do anything, they're still, they would still perform fantastically. There is some CapEx or some capital expenditures we're going to do, but these are not major, as we would call major lifts. They are light add value. In fact, Cleveland is hardly an add value. Right. The two Texas properties are a little bit tired in some areas, so we're gonna we're gonna you know replace some windows, and I think uh, Meadow Creek has to have a roof or two. Yep. But these are not these are not heavy duty structural problems that that have to be addressed right now. Uh, we're taking our time with them. We're being extremely conservative. But again, you know these things have to perform really really well, or we wouldn't have bought them. Uh, right. We, we the, the locations had to have been fantastic, which they are. The tenant profile has to be really solid, which this turned out to be. The management we put in place, I think, I'm very confident, I think you are too, in, in the, mm -hmm. the different management companies that we're dealing with. And so, you know, once you pull the trigger and you own these, you really don't want to have a lot of surprises. We've had a couple of nice surprises, <laughs> actually. A little things like owning washing machines we didn't know we were going to own, um, <laughs> finding monies that we, we weren't going to, thought we were going to find from the previous, um, the owners. But um or, but you don't want to, you don't want to have that's where it really comes down to a very conservative model. And yep. one of the reasons I've, I like working with you and Lynn, Lyndon and Tian is because we've actually battled, you know, a little bit head to head on, on uh, distribution because we, you know, we want to be really conservative. We want to, we're going to distribute, but also we were very, very conservative in our, our first distributions because we don't want to get caught like some, some owners and landlords do. Yeah. Over distributing. Yeah. Someone just told me a story today. They, you know, they, they got all excited the first month they had rent coming in. They yeah. distributed all the cash flow to the investors. Yeah. And some bills came up. Right. And they had to ask investors for money back. Right. right. And, you know, it just maybe that's an experience, but if it's a big enough 
emergency and people don't want to give you money, I mean, that could put you in a tough spot. One of the operators that you and I know very well took down a property last year and they didn't save enough money for repairs. Right. And they had to have a million dollar capital call the right. first year they owned the property. Right. So, you know, there's some hugely conservative things that we do because of the mistakes we've seen other people make. Correct. And so far, as I said, the surprises have been, have been good surprises, but we are taking it step by step. COVID is COVID and, and we don't know when it's going to end. But um, so far, despite what's going on, the properties are performing really, really well. Yeah. I mean, the position we're in is fantastic. We have money. We're able to build our reserve accounts and we're distributing to investors. However, distributions are a tiny bit low for the next six months, probably until those reserves accounts get built up as high as we are, you know, feel like they need to be so that we're comfortable. But what a great position to be in. We can still distribute. There's a lot of syndicators, fund managers who they don't raise the any uh, amount of money for the, the uh, operational accounts, operational reserves. And the first six months to a year that they own a property, they're in trouble. So yeah, that's, that's, that's just being very, that's, that's like scary. you said, it's gambling. Cause what if you yeah. have a huge issue? You know, we just had yeah. to buy a bunch of water heaters. We actually bought every 100 gallon water heater in the city of El Paso recently for, for that deal right. because the previous owner had undersized all of the water heaters and we had people saying they were going to move out. Right. They didn't have hot water. And so guess what? We had the money set aside. We didn't have to worry about it. We just went out and bought them and tenants the, are happy. The other thing we, I, we should talk about as far as being conservative is debt. These properties are not overly indebted. Uh, I think the lowest one is at 30% and we have one at, at 40%. Yeah. Lo loan to value is really important, especially during these times. So we, we don't believe in debting things up and, and getting over our skis just, just to try to juice numbers. It's, it's, it's just not worth it. Yeah, I was going to say our, our overall returns went down a tiny bit, but I love investors like you and I and, and our other friends that are in these deals who understand, they look at that number, they say, okay, I'm going to make half a percent less, Yeah, but we're putting 40% down. Think of the security and the peace of mind and how smart that is as an investor to do that. You know, with 40% down payment on the Dallas deal, Literally, we can be, I think the number is 36, 37% vacant. We're still paying the bills. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's a very personal choice that every investor has to make. Um, you and I and Lyndon and, and Tian are very, very conservative by nature, I think. And um, we also want to perform well, just the properties. And, and these are, again, these are long, everything you and I are saying doesn't make any difference unless you're a long-term holder. Right. None of what we've said matters a lick unless you're looking at a long-term hold. Yep. You know, there's some people that don't want to do that. And I, I, it's fine. You know, you can make a lot of money doing that. But these days, you know, I'm not flipping houses. I'm not flipping buildings. I did buy a few buildings a few years ago, two, three years ago, that I've already got my money back out of in, in California. I'm, I'm selling them now. Take them out of California. I've already gotten all or, or most of my money back. I'm going to, those are, I'm going to flip because California is changing so dramatically. I want to take my right. equity out of there. That's a different scenario. That's, right. that's not what this is. Right. And, and like, I, I think you said it best, we're not gamblers. You yeah. can make a ton of money. You can do, you can plan on a two, three year hold. Yes. You can, you can juice the numbers and there's people that have, there are people that have made fantastic amounts of money doing that their risk tolerance is so much higher. We are building a portfolio, a long-term retirement portfolio for each one of our investors so that they can, they can have a nest egg. 
this isn't a get rich quick scheme for us, you know, so very, very different approach, but let's talk about, let's jump into what was so difficult about last year, aside from COVID screwing up our travel plans, screwing up properties we had under contract, aside from how difficult all that was and the uncertainties of the election. Some of the biggest things I learned was a, how to do a tick tenant in common 1031 exchange, which was in itself just extremely complicated, but we pulled it off and it's working out really well for you. And for Hal and for Grace and a couple other people that were able to take advantage of that. But for you, what was the toughest part about structuring the 1031 exchange? It was, it was complicated. It was a very tenuous three, three, four months. I mean, you know, you and I <laughs> getting divorced in the middle of that, our, our, oh, our wives dude. dropping bombs on us, you know, all sorts of crazy things happened. You got COVID yourself. Yep. Took you out of the box for a couple of weeks. I mean, I was calling your wife, you know, every is he is he breathing? Is he alive? You know what happens? Barely. <laughs> I mean, there there was just some very harrowing things. Um, also, just during the COVID thing. Also, just about the election, we didn't know who was going to be president, what the tax ramifications were going to be. Here's what I will say to people listening, and and you you'll appreciate this because you you've lived it with me. I've always said this: you're only as good as your team. Mm-hmm. You're only as good as your team. We were able to pull it off for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons we were able to pull it off is because we had incredible legal representation. Yep. We had very good brokers and we have great CPAs. Yep. This may not make sense, but, um, and a lot of people aren't gonna believe this, but when you hire the right team, you can get a hold of them. And these are the best of the best people. Yep. You can get a hold of them literally night and day. Our attorneys, we could get a hold of our attorneys in, in, in Ohio, Texas, California, literally almost any time we want to, they were available to us. Now, you might say, well, you're buying $35 million worth of property. Okay, maybe that's why. Yeah. But whatever it is, um, you want to have the best people, and the best people will get back to you in a timely manner. They're available, and they're, they're, they're just, they're, they can make things happen. If we didn't have that team set up, which, by the way, I have to give you guys credit because... You guys picked out um, our, our attorney in Texas, our attorney in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So whoever picked that person out, I think, was it Tien? Um, I picked out Sadie, or maybe it was Tien. I think we picked her out together. Well, we and Jason picked out Hal up in, in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, these people did phenomenal jobs. Yeah. You've also got to be able to have uh, brokers that you can get a hold of. Yep. And be able to, to be able to direct and, and talk talk to all the time there were some there was crisis on on um, on desert peaks when we had that issue with the um title oh yeah i mean things just things happen yeah and you've got to be able to move very decisively and very quickly and if you can't do that you're not going to do deals absolutely yeah i I mean it was funny because tian when she was new on our team she said well hey you know there's some very less and inex- less expensive SEC attorneys out there. Yeah. And I said, Oh, I know I've interviewed yeah. them. I've talked yeah. to them. I've talked to the more expensive ones. I like Mauricio Raul because he knows his stuff and you can get a hold of him. And he's conservative like us. He's not skirting the lines. He's not working in gray areas. Same thing with Sadie. So Sadie with, uh, is it Borland? Yeah. Let's see. Borland Wall and Wenzel in, yeah, in Wenzel. Dallas. 
yeah. she absolutely crushed us. We had we had title issues in El Paso yep. that title didn't get recorded correctly from the previous owner. Also, the seller wanted to change a few things and didn't want to give us time to clear up title. So you and I were on our way. I was literally <laughs> to New Mexico, was driving with Lyndon, screaming at the listing agent that we were about to cancel the deal because we had what? We had like 12 hours to cancel before we we had half a million dollars at play on that deal that was non-refundable as soon as title uh, contingency was up. Right. And he's yelling back at me how mad he was at his seller for for not being reasonable. And then Sadie is helping with their... Anyways, it, it was just nuts. It was we did the right thing. We did it the right way. And Sadie absolutely helped us. She helped us in Dallas. There wasn't a whole lot of drama in Dallas. Thank goodness. Um, our lender as well, Paul Peebles in Dallas was, was a rock star. I mean, almost to zero hiccups, except for that last little delay on the closing, but that wasn't his fault. Hal up in, in Cleveland and then Jason Perrow and Jens and, and their team, they've absolutely crushed it in Cleveland and Marcus. Yeah, absolutely. Marcus and Millichap up there. No, no, I, I think Mark, Marcus, our attorney in Cleveland. Oh, Marcus. Yeah. Marcus and Hal. Um, yeah, Marcus and Hal. Yeah. They did a fantastic job, but let's yeah. talk about the title and, and how in, intense that was. Cause you and I sent over half a million dollars, sorry, $550,000 to tie up El Paso. That was non-refundable day one, except for any title issues. And they wanted to give us five days from contract acceptance we didn't even get the title report back by then. So we weren't even going to have the title report back. And you and I were saying, oh, hell no. <laughs> we're not putting up $550,000 non-refundable if we don't even have a title report yet. And and guess what? We were smart. They did screw up title and title was screwed up. And that was nerve wracking. Tell me a little bit about what you were thinking through all that. You know, the, the truth is, if you and I hadn't, I know this might, might sound silly, but if you and I hadn't, done all the work we had done and looked all the buildings in, in Idaho and in Utah and all the different talks we had experiences and just, I'm not sure we would have pulled all this off because by the time we got to deals that were, that could be done and we turned out some deals too, Cincinnati, we turned down, you know, Arkansas, we had a very, very, very clear vision of exactly what we wanted and we we're willing to accept. You have to have a very, very clear, crystal clear vision of what you want and what your goals are, what you want to accept, because I would say 90%, maybe not 90, at least 75% of the decisions we made were on the fly yep. and were under extreme duress. Yep. We had guns pointed on our head the whole time because we were, we were fighting to get these deals because we were competing with institutional buyers, Wall yep. Street buyers. And local big boys and big girls that could have crushed us. Yeah. And we did, frankly, we did some crazy stuff. I mean, not crazy <laughs> risky, but we did, we had, it took a lot Intense. of bets to do what we did. And we did it very, very, we had to do it on the fly very decisively. And again, I know people may not appreciate this, but if, if, if Sam and I had not spent all the time we, and Lyndon, if we had not spent all the time together looking at all these different properties and having deep conversations about what we wanted. I'm not sure we could have made these decisions that fast. We made them because we knew we wanted, we knew the consequences and we're all on board. We didn't even have to talk about it. We just knew exactly what to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we found the El Paso deal offers were going to be due. I flew out there alone and, and the broker said, Hey, are there any other decision makers? And I said, yeah, Lyndon and Michael, but 
we all know what we want. And if I say it's good to go, they know that yeah. I know what they want and they yeah. know that they'll, they'll be okay with it. And he looked at me and he's like, Oh wow, that's, that's good. That's good that you guys are on the same page. And I'm like, well, sh shoot, we've been looking at properties for 18 months now. We better be on the same page. We know exactly what we want. We, we've looked at properties in Birmingham all over. So, and just to give our listeners an idea on El Paso, we knew we, we had to have that property, 160 doors, great location, one mile from Top Golf. El Paso is the fifth safest city in the U.S., amazing for, for collecting rent and, and just really, really solid asset. We had to put $550,000 down and there was 14 other offers. We got to the top three. We made a video of why the seller should choose us, why we can perform why we had the money ready to go and, and why we'd be the best seller. We made it the top two and I was harassing that agent. So were you, so was Lyndon, literally day and night for a week. And to his credit, he went out there, he went to bat for us. He could tell we were the right buyer. And it was funny, I was just looking at a video I made um, for our podcast in October. And in the podcast, I said, man, I hope we get one of those deals. I hope we either get El Paso or Dallas. I don't think we'll get both, but it would be like Christmas in October if we got just one of them. And we did the same thing with Dallas. I flew out, offers were due. I told the broker, I'm the decision maker because my partners trust me. We know exactly what we want. What we want. There's 24 offers on that one. And we had to put down again, another half million dollars. Another half million. And you and Lyndon are like, well, we trust Sam. Uh, hopefully, you know, he was in his right mindset. I, I, I think I saw 26 properties in two and a half days in Dallas when I was there. <laughs> turned down. Some, we actually had a friend buy a property that I turned down. I right. can't say his name, but right. you know, there was no way in hell we were going to buy that property. I didn't even need right. to tell you guys about it. You called me, I think it was what, a month later yeah. and you said, hey, why didn't you tell me about this property? No, I, I, I wasn't like that. I said, hey, I'm just curious. Did yeah. you know about this property? Because the, the place is a dump. It's a pretty heavy lift, and I think, and the money didn't make sense. And you said, "Well, I already knew about that. I mean, you can yeah. see why we didn't make an offer." I said, "Yeah, no, I, it's it's quite obvious." I said, "I can't believe this guy's buying it." Yeah, absolutely. It it was kind of a funny conversation, you know. And so, anyway, so half a million on each one of those properties, just from from October through December thirty first, it was balls to the wall, white knuckle raising money, working with attorneys, structuring our, our 1031 exchange for you and a couple other of our investors, making sure due diligence, titles done correctly. And I was talking to uh, Ferris, actually, he's a friend of mine. He's a syndicator out of Houston. And he said, hey, did you close any deals the fourth quarter? And I said, yeah, $36 million worth three deals. And he said, holy crap. He's like, that must have been insane. And I said, yeah, I, I don't think I slept for three months. Like, I don't think all I, all I did was I would wake up, jump yeah. on my computer, work with attorneys, raise money, work with you and your CPA and work with another attorney and Lyndon and Tien were doing the same. So I think to your point, you got to have the right team and know what you want. But structuring that 1031 was was absolutely nuts because the the consequences are real. The IRS does not take hostages. <laughs> they're looking they're looking for for all the stuff. Yeah. So we paid the best CPA. We paid the best attorneys between Sadie and Mauricio and your, your, uh, Michael and Steve, we yeah. had the best of everyone and we paid for it for sure. We paid a lot of money to each one of those people, but it's set up perfectly. And, and I don't have any issues at this point, knowing that if we get audited, we'll be fine. You know, it may not be fun, but we did everything correctly.
you can't you can't go cheap when you're when you're taking down these kind of properties. I actually that's been my philosophy my whole career. Yep. I, I'd rather pay, and a lot of people disagree with this. Um, I've had partners that have disagreed with this before, but I'd rather pay more, even 20 or 30% more to have somebody that I can count on who I know will do a great job that I can actually get a hold of anytime during the day. These people were beasts. I could get a hold of them. They'd be, they'd be texting me or emailing me. I'm already a workaholic. These people put me to shame. They were working Saturdays and Sundays at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. I was, I was astonished. I, I couldn't have been happier and prouder. These people were just, they really, really did everything for us. And again, I'm sure, we, I'm sure there's, there's much less expensive people, but let me tell you, when your ass is on the line, you want people that you <laughs> pay more. It's worth it. Yeah. I mean, just our cash in these deals was over $18 million cash out of our pockets and our investors' pockets. Right. Why would you try and pay 40000 to a, a, an attorney instead of 50000 Like, are you kidding me? You're going you're gonna to take, put $18 million at risk for, to save ten grand. Right. You know, and, and I think our bill for, for Cleveland, I mean, that saved us. I think our bill was close to $50,000 for that attorney. Yeah. But he's, the way he structured things saved us like 180000 on yeah. different taxes and real estate taxes and taking, I mean, it was absolute chaos but, and we paid for it, but the long run, it, it really benefits us. And so, yeah, I, I'm 100% on board for that. But as far as the 1031, we know how to 1031 very, very well now. <laughs> into a syndication through a tick structure. We have Mauricio, we have Sadie, you know, we have your attorney, whoever. So that's the fun part moving forward. I think we did the most complicated deals we could possibly do. Not even, not even question. All at the same time, three of them, all at the same yeah. time. And, 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 and on a time clock, we had to do it before Biden got in. And our last closing was on December 31st. Literally. So Literally. nuts. So 1031s, that was crazy. Um, the tick structure, I mean, not so crazy. We just had to agree on the right structure, which I feel really good about. We raised a crazy amount of money really quickly. And here's the thing is, is the government, or I guess it was, it was, uh, Freddie threw us through a loop. They said on one of the deals, they said, Hey, we need you to put in another million and a half dollars. And this was a week before Christmas. They told me and you, and you and I are like, Oh, great. So all of our investors are in Vail skiing or wherever they are. We yeah. need to go ask them for another million and a half dollars right. and no one was answering their phone. And somehow we pulled it off. We were still able to close. And I think it goes to us educating our investors and friends and the deals being fantastic and very conservative. They didn't have to think twice. They didn't feel like there's this huge risk factor because our stress testing is, is extremely conservative. So let's talk about that and why that's so important. You were a realtor during 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11. You saw some crazy stuff go down. I started in 2010. I'm assuming you saw some people seriously lose their shorts. I've seen geniuses go bankrupt. Yeah. Many times. Never, yep. never to be heard from again. Because they took unnecessary risks. They took unnecessary risks. They took unnecessary debt. They, they, um, and they, they, they spread themselves too thin. Right. You know, we, we could have, if we wanted to, we could have taken down Arkansas and you said, what do you want to do? I said, you know, I said, buddy, I, I want to be able to sleep at night. Yep. And we could take it down, but I won't be able to sleep at night if I if we take it down. It's another 100 units. I'm sure eventually it'll be a wonder. And I, you know what? It, it will be a great property, but it's a, a pretty heavy lift, kind of a funky situation on some things. Yep. 
Whoever buys it will, I'm sure, be very well eventually. But with everything else we were taking on, I just, again, I couldn't have the stomach. And so you made it, you made a decision on your own and you you cut it. Now I, I paid seven thousand dollars in in um in attorney's fees for that. Yeah. But I'd rather I'd rather pay seven thousand attorney's fees for a deal I didn't do than seventy thousand or seven hundred thousand and not be able to sleep at night. Exactly. Some potential problems. Yeah. And I mean, I th- I feel like we took that money out of that deal, put it into some deals where you'll be able to sleep at night and make that money back plus some. And at the end of the day, when you told me you didn't feel it right about it and you couldn't sleep at night, I said, perfect. Let's not be greedy. Let's not spread ourselves too thin. And when we found out about the deal, you know, the items that they hadn't disclosed to us, it was an easy decision. You know, let's definitely not spread ourselves too thin. So for our listeners, when we stress test a deal, we usually we're going to know about all of the the maintenance items. I mean, good brokers and owners are usually going to disclose everything. Some of these items that the owner might not have known about. But what we do is we say, okay, in 2008, the economy tanked. And all of a sudden, people that Michael saw, people that you guys saw, people that I saw, had these properties that were worth this much, they were renting for this much, and they the income dropped significantly. And we know that the average income dropped by at least around 15% on average for these multifamily, single family, any, any rental property. Now, not the really, really good ones, not the really good B-class, middle-of-the-line properties, but we want a worst-case scenario. So when we looked at Dallas, El Paso, Cleveland, we said, okay, what if the economy tanks again and rents and our total income drops by 20%? Can we weather that storm? Because again, you want to be able to sleep at night. You don't want me to call you and say, Michael, this month we only got 80% of our rents and I need you to send me money because we've got some repairs we need to take care of. That's the last thing that you and I want. Well, the first thing we, we would ask on the property is what's, what show, show, let's look at worst case, we look at the model and say, what's worst case scenario? That's the first thing we look at because look, a good investor, I don't care if you're talking about Sam Zell or whoever you're talking about, they, the first thing they're going to look at is the downside. Yep. The first thing, because if you can survive the downside, everything else is is basically just cherry on the on the cake. Right. You assume it's in a good location. You assume that people are going to pay their rent, but stuff happens. Right. Uh, pandemics happen. Wars happen. Uh, it's it's dropping six six inches of snow in Texas right now. Who the hell <laughs> thought that they they have no power? These poor people. Yep. Things happen. So you have to look at worst case scenario. And if you can live with worst case scenario, then it's a relatively easy decision to make. Yep. And Absolutely. so the first thing that Sam and I would look at is, okay, uh, they drop a bomb in Times Square and, and we have you know 30% vacancy all of a sudden. Can we still pay our bills? Yes, we may not, we may not be able to take uh, distribution, but we don't have to you know, the take one out of our pocket to, to pay taxes or... Uh, or anything else. Right. The mortgage, you know, we, we don't want to get repossessed. And and most big multifamily properties didn't, where people really got into trouble right. is if they bought too high and they didn't have the, the they didn't stress test. Right. And also if their mortgage came due during that time. That's why we have 10-year loans on these properties. So the rule of thumb that we have, just so our listeners are clear, is it has to at least still break even at 20, a 20% dip in income. 
Now the properties we bought all are well over 35%, you know, so we could have 35% dip in our income and still break, break even and pay the bills without any risk of not being able to pay the mortgage or, or other bills. Go ahead. I don't know too many people that do that. No, because it, Hey, our numbers don't look as sexy. If you know, I've had investors compare us with other syndicators and they end up putting money with these other syndicators. And I love that because I don't want an investor that says I have to hit 10% cash on cash. Because to me, that says, I don't care about the risk. I just want to make a bunch of money. Yeah. Those are the same people that when COVID hit, they were blowing up Grant Cardone and blowing up these other people who promised these amazing returns. Yeah. And all of a sudden they weren't getting distributions and they were at fear. They were fearing that these properties were going to get repoed by the bank. So I don't want those type of investors and partners in our deals. I want people who are okay being a little bit conservative, making a seven, eight, nine, ten 10% cash on cash eventually, but understand that first we have to be conservative and smart. Well, if you're buying large enough deals also, not that you should rely on this, but you know, if you're buying a 10, 20 unit building, you're not going to get the depreciation or the tax advantages that you're going to get on these buildings. Right. So maybe you're getting also at least initially a smaller return, but the depreciation you're going to get is going to help you tremendously too. That adds another point or two to your to your bottom line. Yeah, minimum. I'd say, yeah, should add a couple points to your bottom line. And and yeah. so any money you make on our deals, so any distributions we send out should be tax-free for the next three to four years. That that's how good these tax write-offs are that that we have or that we can produce. Yona with with Madison Spec. They're doing our cost seg. That's another company that we hired because of how good they are. They actually insure the cost seg up to $100,000. You know, so if we get audited, we lose, lose some of the cost seg, they're, they're going to insure that. So amazing tax write-offs, ultra conservative deals. It was an absolute chaos, just chaotic fourth quarter for us. But we bought three amazing deals. We're looking at a couple more this year. My biggest takeaway was the same as yours. I would say the team that we've put together and Jason complimented us as well. He said, look, he's like, I haven't working with anyone better than you guys. He's like, you guys really have your stuff together. You're easy to work with. You have the best of the best. So any question we have gets answered. And, and so I'd say Lyndon and Tian are absolute rock stars, workhorses who have gotten stuff done for us. Big picture down to nitty gritty detail. I feel like we pulled the entire purchases together from start to finish with the help of our partners in the middle, doing all, doing basically all the work for us between loans and, and taking down these properties. But um, I would, I would also say one of the things that I really, really enjoyed is, is being able to raise money in a COVID type situation and being able to tell people that we're so conservative that I don't think it's going to affect us. Now I could be proved wrong, but we're so conservative that I think I'm very, very right. And I think that's why people trusted us with so much money. You know, they gave us 18, not almost 19 and a half million dollars last year. And I, I really feel like a, you've been doing this a long time. So people trust you. I've been doing this a while. So they trust me, but also when they see how conservative and non-greedy we are, not flashy, trying to throw around these crazy numbers. I think that's really been my favorite thing about this is we haven't been the sexiest deals. We haven't promised the most crazy returns. We've simply promised that we're being the smartest and most diligent with people's money that we can, most conservative with people's money that we can. And it feels really good to be rewarded for doing that. The property that I sold 
to get out of one of the properties I sold to get out of California. I at the last minute in October to close this deal, I had to take a pretty pretty major haircut, mm-hmm. and it was it was not pleasant. I, I don't think I'd want to do that again, but I had to look at at the big picture, and I had to say, okay, I could keep the property, I could keep the extra million and a half bucks I'm about to take the haircut on, but again. That was really a moment of truth. There were a lot of moments of truth in the in those October through end of the year, but that was one of them. And I was in Vegas and I was talking to you and I said, you know, I got to do this. And, and you said, you know, thank you, because if I hadn't, I would have blown up everything, including yeah. your, your, your reputation and yep. the deals. But two things. A, I know in the long run, I'll get the money back, number one. Right. And number two, to your point, and, you know, we just can't say this enough. You have to look at the long-term big picture. Yep. If you can't do that, none of what you and I have just said the last 45 minutes, minutes will make any sense whatsoever. Yep. That's really what it is. And uh, the and the way you whether you know you and I can talk about a lot of things, but people would not, I wouldn't have, and other people wouldn't have invested in these deals if they weren't great locations, if the numbers didn't make sense. And um, if the long-term forecast of where they were and what we were going to do with the properties didn't make sense, nobody's going to give you money. I don't care, you know, how sexy the numbers are. Right. Those three things have to happen. Absolutely. You know, I think we, on the lighter side of things, people trusted us with a lot of money. We convinced one of our buddies to sell his Porsche. He he paid, he bought a Porsche cash and he sold it to put money in our deals. And I'm still trying to convince convince a few more people to do that. Stop paying cash for vehicles. And, you know, I just signed a three-year lease on a Range Rover and I would, I put zero down. I would never put money into a vehicle. I'm putting it all into these deals. And so you and I have lived by example. Um, you're a great example and you're very inspirational. You send out your messages and and I know a lot of people follow you and and really appreciate you taking the risk and you putting your money where your mouth is. And I feel like that's one of the most important things. I sold all of my properties in 2020 to put into these deals. I didn't have a huge portfolio like a lot of people, but I put all my big eggs in this basket because I have confidence in what we're doing. And I know we're conservative and smart about what we're doing and it's going to pay off in the long run. So I'm just like you. I, I put a, a lot of money and, and a lot of uh, eggs in, in one basket, but I feel like it's the right basket and we're going to continue doing really, really well. So as far as moving forward through 2021, um, our goal is to take down another $50 million. There's a couple deals my team did without you. Our total was just under $51 million in acquired assets last year. With you, we'd love to do another 50 this year and with our other investors and friends in these deals. And um, I feel now that we own and we're finally operating these deals, working with the cash flow. Now we have this reputation, this track record, and I feel like the deal flow is going to start getting better. And so we're really excited for 2021, 2022. And the ultimate goal is to get to you, to your, your income goal, your monthly income goal, whatever that is, to get Mike Darda to his and, and all these other friends of ours and, and Eddie and, and Ed Kaminsky and, and Hal and, and get them to their monthly so they can have the freedom that you and I are pushing so hard for. I feel like you're, you and I are going to get there much faster because we've put all of our eggs in this basket. And I think they're going to start following along. They're going to start seeing that, wow, Michael's almost to the point where he's going to be set for life. You know, he'll have that 
that passive income every month. And um, that's the goal at this point. And I think 2021 is going to be another breakout year for us now that we've paid our dues and done the most crazy, insane deals that we could have done through a, a crazy economy, a crazy election year, we pulled it off. And so, you know, props to you for being there with us and being a great teammate for us. And, and I think we're going to have another good year. Well, I, I believe so. And I, I think that the next time we, we uh, call one of these brokers or lenders, <laughs> they're not going to have any problem taking our call and, yep. and believing us when we say we want to take this down, we will take it down. What do we have to do to get this property? How yep. do we make it work? Because now they, they, they've seen what we're able to do. And most importantly, we didn't talk a big game. We closed. Right. It's one thing to talk a big game. Um, at the end of the day, you either close deals or you don't. Right. And we could have walked away from these deals. We didn't. And um, we had every reason to walk away many times from these deals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did. Between sellers pulling crazy crap, lenders pulling crazy stuff, you know, title issues, pain. you name it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's all teamwork. You, you know, you've assembled an amazing team. Sam, you have, you need all the credit in the world for that. You know, you and Tian and Lyndon and uh, whoever's doing the, the accounting now with, with everybody and the managers you chose, excellent managers and the attorneys, you know, just the team is, is really, really good. So I'm fully confident 2021, no matter what happens, will be, no matter what, it's going to be smoother because we've already been through <laughs> <laughs> You've been through the gauntlet, the gauntlet the of war. multifamily. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call 2020, the gauntlet of multifamily acquisitions. Yeah, yeah. So Jeez. I don't think there's much anything we haven't we wouldn't haven't been through or seen or prepared for. I agree. I agree. Well, thanks so much. I, I really appreciate you as a partner, Michael, and and trusting us with your time, your money, and and as a partner, it, it's been huge learning experience. I just laugh about. You know, you and I were laughing the other day where we started looking at properties in Boise and Utah and realized we needed better cash flow. So we went to Texas and Cleveland and and um, now we're almost to 40 million in acquisitions. And and uh, th that was two years ago. And we, we've learned and done a ton in two years. Our goal is to get to a billion in assets. And I've got a timeline of the year 2029 for that. So I'm going to be working you to death for the next, what is that, eight years? <laughs> And then you and I and Lyndon and Tian can sit on a beach somewhere. But until we get to a billion, we're going to keep pushing. That's right. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Awesome.